Sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. I'm curious. Is there anyone in this room that thinks you can do a great Nate Larkin impression of the opening welcome? I'm just curious if anyone thinks you can do it or wants to try. All right, push the button so it's red. And here we go. This is Nate Larkin saying, Welcome to the Pirate Monk Podcast. He's showcasing a common misconception that you are the one who always says arg. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the arg guy, yeah. Well, here we are. Yeah, yeah. We're coming to, uh, listeners, we're coming to you live from the beautiful Lakeshore Camp and Retreat Center in Eva, Tennessee. It's a pre-recorded kind of live, but we're here. That's right, exactly. I'm alive, you're alive, these guys are alive, and we have had a live weekend, have we not? We have. Oh, Fan freaking tastic. We've had the Hunter family yep. chatting about their life and then teaching us tools kind of in real time. Yeah. I mean, how many of you guys enjoyed the fact that they were telling tools that I would expect to hear places, but then when they would break into like conversations with each other and you could see how that looks? Like, that was really, uh, as they were doing it, I realized I never get to see that. And often I want an example. I don't want to be told about an example. So I don't know about you guys. I, I love that. I thought they did great. And I just loved having Sun Row. Even though I had heard his story before, having Dad sitting there while he told his story, the fact that they're willing to, to walk through those awkward moments where I'm like, okay, as a son or a father, that, that would be rough. So it was good. By the way, listeners, uh, for those of you uh, listening to this show who did not have the privilege or did not make it a priority, I'm not, no judgment, but you didn't make it, you didn't make it to the, uh, to the in-person retreat this year. If you are listening prior to December 8th, I believe, 2022, it's not too late for you to sign up for the virtual Samson retreat. Everything we did this weekend was recorded, video and audio. And uh, you can go to SampsonSociety.com, sign up for the virtual retreat. It's not as good as being here, but it's close. Uh, and there is just great content, a lot of information, uh, inspiration, uh, and help. Should we just get right to the fun of conversations with the guys here? Yeah, I think that's what we I ought mean, to do. I yeah. like talking to you, but... It's weird talking to you in front of other people like they're not <laughs> staring at us. <laughs> All right, so here's what let's do. Here's what let's, here's let's what us do in here. Uh, we got two people with microphones. So why don't you guys, if you have a question that you want to talk about, it can be about this weekend. It can be about life in general. It can be about recovery. If it's, you know, Nate will answer great questions about that in sophisticated ways. <laughs> I, I, don't know what my, I don't know what my expertise will be. If you want to know about the World Series, you can ask me questions about that because I just found out that it happened and it's over. <laughs> uh, anyways, why don't you just 
you can stand up, make your way to one of these two guys, and then they won't have to move around the room, and you can make your own little order. So whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, it can also be about meetings, questions you have about meetings, Silas's, that kind of Samson-y stuff as well. So who's going to be first up? Make sure you guys introduce yourselves so yeah. we can all say greet your name properly. So you can say hi to you. Hello, hello. All right. Okay. Hey, Rick. Uh, Rick Brad from Detroit, Michigan. Hey, Rick. Uh, not as much as, uh, well, kind of a question. Uh, I was blown away uh, last night by Jason Gray. Mm. And I'd like to hear whoever was responsible for putting him on that list, because uh, his story was what made last night amazing. Yeah. Could you tell us about how you heard, someone heard about his story and invited him to the weekend? Well, I made contact, but at the request and at the suggestion of Sean Parks. So, so, so Sean, how did you hear about him? So I uh, have been a fan of Jason's for probably about 10 years. Um, first saw him touring uh, with Andrew Peterson's Christmas tour mm -hmm. yeah. and started to hear some of his story. And, you know, you could just tell that he was real mm -hmm. with his music, with what he shared between the songs. And, um, you know, I knew that he was a guy that would resonate with our group. So... Nice. Had you, so, had you seen him do his own stuff live before? I have not seen him in person. Okay. I've seen some of the stuff that he's got posted out there on the web. I've seen him live w with the Andrew Peterson tour, but not, not on his well, own. Well, I'll tell you guys, he was pretty darn tired after being on the road for a month, missing a flight, having to race for however many hours it was between where he was supposed to be and where yeah. he ended up, and then racing here. And uh, it was fun watching him just light up with your responses and enjoying it and pulling out songs. And uh, it, it was not the plan for that to be a more than two-hour concert. It was just too much fun for him as well. So mm -hmm. it was great. Thank you for engaging that with him. Cool. What else you guys got? You got to be at the mics and ready. We're going to make this seamless. It'll be easier for Sean. Poor Sean. Hey, am I on? Yeah. I'm curious, are you worried with uh, the size Samson's getting as far as it losing its mission? The reason I ask is because earlier you had mentioned that one of the goals is to have houses in each city. I think that's a beautiful thing, but when I think about that, at that point you're talking millions and millions of dollars. You're talking about increased risk. You're talking about having to have oversight. And as, as just from a member, that kind of scares me because then obviously there's a lot of liability and so uh, the focus might start to be influenced by that. And so I just want to hear what your thoughts are on that. Thanks. Uh, here's, Thanks. here's what I hear immediately. I hear that Ion is going to be on part of the planning group. <laughs> things. And, and, I, and there have been times in my life where I say that just to get people off my back. I admit to that as a pastor. That's a good go-to. Uh, but the fact that your brain just went to all of those things is like, oh, yeah, you're wired to do that. The fact is, you're right about all of that. Mm -hmm. And Nate and I think it's safe to say we are wired to go, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it won't happen. <laughs> um, and that is why we have people around that are like, okay, but can we at least talk about that? <laughs> so 
in all truth, you guys are wired in such diverse ways. We've seen with so many people doing so many great things. I mean, the sound was great, and it was fun watching Rusty do that and bring tools that, I mean, getting to watch him do his thing was fun for me, because those are tools I care about. And so those are huge gifts, whether you guys think about finances. I've heard guys talk about, well, how much does this really cost, though, and could this be cheaper? And, and you've just got that budget mind and accounting mind. Uh, so I know it's not an answer to your question other than to say that is not a conversation that I have had. Um, but you saying that, I think you need to be talking to Tom Mocha and saying, all right, I've been told that I'm thinking in ways that are important to this group because I protect. You're the protector of the guys in this room and the guys who are not yet in this room. Yeah. Yeah. So are there ways that we can pursue m mission and mitigate risk as much as possible and create safe places for men to come in crisis? I do know this. When a man has to leave home because of what he's done and he's ripe and he's ready for recovery, the last thing he needs is to be alone. So if we can find a place, even if it's just a temporary place for the weekend, but they're a place, and if we can get them connected, recovery requires relationship. The opposite of addiction is connection. We say it over and over and over again. We do say, by the way, that you know, we rescue families by uh, helping men to live in the freedom of authenticity. We do shoot uh, to save marriages, but we're very realistic. We can't save every marriage. But we can't save every man. And uh, I think Samson houses hopefully dispersed and independent. And we, the last thing we need is a massive bureaucracy. I think Samson runs well because we're intentionally not a uh, top-down, bureaucratic, hierarchical, corporate thing. Uh, as organic as possible. Uh, and, and what works best might, you know... This first one that we're opening in uh, Mount Pleasant is kind of experimental. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what we can learn. Now, you brought up something interesting that I think is important, and I will not directly ask anybody in this room, but I will open the door for a bit of a conversation. Um, when we talk about saving marriages in the context of authentic community, yeah. that leaves out those who have always been single or are mm -hmm. now single because of things. So uh, are there any questions that relate to how this needs to be a, a bigger picture or what the single people in the room have to say or ask. Hey guys, I'm Joe. Hey, hey Joe. Joe. From Northwest Arkansas. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm single. And I was just wondering if at the next retreat if there's going to be anything geared. Because, I mean, Rowan and, and uh, Eva were yeah. great for people who are married and are trying to put their marriages back together. But for someone that's single and doesn't plan on getting married, um, I felt, I mean, I still picked up some good insight and stuff from them, but I kind of felt left out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if there's going to be anything at the next retreat for people who are single. You're looking at me like I got a choice in the matter, so yeah, yeah. we're going to do it. <laughs> Whoever's keeping notes, write that down. <laughs> okay. You can listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, uh, thinking through authentic community and singleness is not just for single people. Right. 
because mm -hmm. there are people that have big families, small families, just couples that need to be inviting single people into their life and learning how to do that in a normal way and not a, not a special way. Oh, yeah. there are special occasion single, friend. Like, there needs to be whole thought within community to understand that and not just for single people. So anyways, that's my two cents on that. All right, who's next question? All right. Hello, I'm Luke. Hey, Hello. Luke. Uh, so I love that Samson meetings are so uh, extremely flexible. Uh, there's not a whole lot of restrictions on what we can do. Nate, I've heard you talk about how you enjoy seeing how people adapt, improve, change. So I'm curious, what are some of the formats of meetings that you've seen that differ from the standard, the norm, uh, that have been particularly successful? Uh, yeah, you know, we saw this, by the way, when we first started with the original group in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, it was, it's a great entry point that no crosstalk, tight one hour meeting, pick a topic and speak and it makes it safe for everybody. And then, and then life really happens between the meetings because we focus on the Silas relationship. After three or four years though, there were guys who now felt safe enough. They had enough confidence in the brothers they were meeting with and uh, had taken enough, uh, t taken a hard look at their own woundedness and brokenness and darkness. They were becoming integrated. They weren't defensive, weren't afraid anymore of constructive criticism. And by that point, they were ready for some pushback. And, uh, and they wanted to give other guys uh, permission to call bull bullshit on them, basically. And so they, uh, so a group of guys developed a, uh, a, a, a feedback form of a meeting. Now it ran a little longer, and there are so there are some of those meetings that go now. There are also meetings. Uh, Heart of David is a classic example uh, that really start with a check-in, an emotional check-in. Where am I? Where am I emotionally? And then uh, perhaps one guy will, you know, one guy is, has a crisis today or a hard decision to make. And uh, he invites the input and feedback and questioning of his brothers. And the meeting will focus mostly on that guy for that week. So that's another way to do it. And all, all of these, by the way, are when you're adding that level of group vulnerability, yeah. uh, you have to have really specific ways you do it. Yeah. So when it was like a person going through a process, yeah. they'd use a clearing committee, so it wasn't just people telling somebody how to do it. Yeah. Or when it was more, uh, we invite pushback, there were certain rules for how to do pushback. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool, it takes thought, and it takes boundaries. Structure is important. Here's what I have learned about meetings. There are some guys who, some groups they start, they start with a suggested meeting format. The group isn't growing too much and, and perhaps they're not really getting the liturgical vibe of the readings. And so after a few months, they go, you know what, let's just talk. Let's just not do the thing. And they abandon structure. I'll tell you what happens to those meetings. They drift into shallow water and then they die. So I don't really care what the structure is, but have a structure. Uh, and when you find a structure that works, share it. That's what this is about. That's why the, 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 the meeting format that appears in the book and is on the website is simply called a suggested meeting format. 
And uh, hopefully we'll have a bunch of those uh, that we can formalize that guys can choose from. I, I will say that in 14 or how many, I don't know how many years I've been a part of meetings, yeah, yeah. Uh, none of them have worked as well or consistently as when, because I did a lot of experiments. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nate was very gracious in communicating that he didn't like them, but really it was smiley and happy about it. Uh, and, and they all died. So we all ended up going back to the normal meeting format. Just saying. All right. Nate, can I uh, interject? Um, mm. Something that tied into something that, that Rowan and Eva shared with their, their roadmap, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that jumped out at me was get a group of three to five men around you mm -hmm. that can be your support group. That's something that I've experienced here within Samson, and it's kind of a different type of meeting format in a way. Mm -hmm. It started out as a six-week study, and we got eight guys together to, to review the Heart of Man movie and mm -hmm. go through that. And 30 months later, those guys are still meeting every week. Mm -hmm. And that, that is my core team. Mm -hmm. you know, we have shared our stories together. We've gotten to know each other intimately. And those are the guys that I call when I need to. And so it's not a traditional Samson meeting, mm -hmm. but it was formed out of Samson. And, and it's been critical for me in my recovery journey. Awesome. So clearly step one for Sean is find a group of guys and say, do you actually know the numbers between one and six? And they're like, I'm not sure. All right, we're having a six-week study. <laughs> Come on over. And you'll just have them for years. It'll be fantastic. Hey, everybody. I'm Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Patrick. I wanted to tell you about a meeting variation that we just started doing at my in-person meeting outside of Dallas. Tell me uh, there's cooking. Tell me there's cooking. No, there's no cooking oh, in this Patrick, one. Patrick, killing me. Although my in-person guys are spoiled because they get homemade treats every week. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, Good. So if you all want to come to the meeting in McKinney, Texas, there's food. Um, I, I helped get that meeting organized. We've been up and running less than a year. Um, we used the find a brother thing, found all kinds of guys in Dallas that we'd never heard of. Now we have an in-person meeting going. Um, so we started, we really launched in January of this year. Uh, I was the only person in the room who'd ever been a Samson guy before that meeting started. Mm. Everybody else came from, you know, never been to a meeting, right. recruited through friends, church, whatever. Um, so... I think it was in July, we had one guy, Sharon, who was just really, really struggling. Um, and, and, you know, I could tell there were things that he wasn't ready to talk about yet. And I said to the guy who helped me start the meeting, it's like, okay, I think it's time for story time. Mm -hmm. You know, we need somebody, hopefully everybody, to just throw their entire load of dirty laundry on the table in front of everybody else. And we did that for the first time last month. And I always tell people, it's like, I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. So I went first. And we just said, the guy who's talking gets as much time as he needs. And then we'll just have kind of open sharing time, or you can address the guy who shared in whatever time we've got left. And man, after I was done talking, the shit got real. Yeah, yeah. I heard things from people that they had never mentioned in 10 months of coming to meetings. Mm. And now we do this on the second week of every month. Our meeting is story time. 
it'll be story time on Tuesday night when I go. We got somebody signed up for November, we got somebody signed up for December. I think the more we do this, the easier it will be for people to say, okay, they did it, I can do it. Nobody even flinched when I talked about all my dirty laundry, so let's get it out there. So it's been really successful. Fantastic. Now, uh, Matt, uh, Patrick mentioned the find a brother thing. Did everybody know what he was referring to? No. All right. This is a new feature. Thank our IT team, our amazing IT team. They're always at work improving the website, now working on the, uh, on the app, doing all that back office stuff that I don't understand. They added a feature to the website. So if you're a member of the Samson, uh, of the Samson Society website, and there's 15,000 guys there right now, about 4,000 of them are inactive, but 11,000 are active in some way on a monthly basis. Um, yeah, there's a, it's called uh, member search. You sign in, you have to sign in to see it. You have to be a member to see it. And it's on the main page, it's a drop-down menu. And you can search within a radius of your home or any metropolitan area. You can use this if you're traveling. If you know you're going to be in another city, and if you're like me, you're especially vulnerable when you're on the road, you can plan ahead. Now, the, uh, the website will let you know how many guys on the Samson site are, uh, there are within that radius. Now, it won't give you names. We, pre we protect confidentiality, but it will send an email on your behalf. And you can ask the site to send that invitation asking guys whether they want to meet for coffee, whether they're interested in starting a meeting or something else. So it's a way, if you want to get, if you want to build your local connections, it's a way that you can do it. And uh, Patrick used it to start a meeting in McKinney, Texas. Very cool. What's up, guys? I'm Grady. Grady. Hey, Grady. Uh, like gravy with a D. <laughs> uh, they, they, they can't get that right at Chick-fil-A. The sticker always says gravy on it. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, the sandwiches are still good. Okay, well, um, so I've kind of had a question in the back of my mind all weekend that I thought, okay, this would be good for the group because I can't be the only one who's thinking about it. But when you were talking about the, the fact that Samson doesn't really work rigidly, what I've experienced is some of the groups, it kind of can create like a, well, we're here in our little hole and those guys on Slack and on virtual, that's not something we do. And what I want to ask may, may or may not be connected to some of that, but because of the disconnect, um, and I, I'm trying to be concise here, but essentially what connects with everybody, I'm going to think, I guess, we're coming to the table and we're going to be vulnerable and I'm going to take off my armor and every now and then, a guy you trust, maybe a, a Silas, or maybe somebody you barely know is going to go wham and ram, ram that knife, you know, into the rib cage. Um, so are you speaking more in a group or in Slack? What, or? It can be, no, no, no. Um, I, maybe like with one-on-one -on -one stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not really talking about virtual. Okay. Um, so, yeah, trying to, trying to make sense of it all. I've had experiences where, I mean, name-calling, you know, um, not just simply, wow, I disagree with your opinion, but like, holy shit, you just steamrolled me, okay? Mm -hmm. My method is usually, hey, you know what? Should I go to this guy and, hey, man, we need to talk? And, um, or is it better to move on when you've had something like that? I mean, there are strong personalities, and if yeah. we're all 12 years old and we want to fight, you know? Yeah, there's, I don't think there's an 
an answer to that. I think there's a number of important answers. Because number one, if somebody uh, has said something that's really triggered you in some trauma, you know, we might say, no, we need to deal with it. We need to like do the, the Matthew steps and one brother goes and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's all ridiculous if this has pushed a trigger in someone and they need to go somewhere and have a place to talk about it where it's safe, which could mean just contacting one of the people you know is in some type of leadership on a virtual group or within the society to kind of talk through it and walk through what is best for you. Ultimately, we do want to talk to that person because it means they don't know the protocol of keeping it a safe place, if those are the types of comments. Um, so, and I, I think we've talked about this recently a little bit, even in Slack, to have some kind of a moderator that says, okay, this is spinning out into ways that this is not what our community is about, and that they can take that charge, which is not to control the whole thing, but in any group we say, okay, these, these are not our values, and so this is now becoming unsafe to people. So I think we need to have a clear way to the report, that sounds really crappy to a person like me. We need to report it to the authorities when somebody steps out of line. Eh. Uh, but to talk to somebody that then can say, okay, here's some steps, and it can be relational, and conversations can be had. So I, I really think that's something that needs to be clearer and that people within groups know, here's the resource of people that can walk you through that. Uh, the part I like the least about what you said is, okay, this happened, I'll just... I'll just leave the place where I know people, I'll find someplace else, and I, that feels like the victim having to take responsibility for somebody who's hurting them. And that pisses me off. Aaron, can I, can I step in? Leroy. Um, so with that, are we talking about confidentiality has been broken, or is it just between you and this other person? I. I I'm going to say, let's not even get that specific. I think he was talking about a one-on-one -on -one thing where somebody was rude to you, right? That was well, probably a Silas. What I do think is relevant. You said you're going to put out resources. These groups won't find them. They don't. They're not connecting to virtual. They're not going to. They don't really care if everybody's getting the noble briefing. You know, mm -hmm. some some of the groups that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like. That's kind of what I'm fighting in my head is, is this a group that kind of, they're going their own way and that's all right? Yeah, I mean, if somebody's going their own way, A, none of this is controllable, nor do we want to control it. We want to give the resources, but if somebody has a group that disagrees with, yeah, we don't think that's safety. We think we're, we're into tough love all the right. time. That's always right. the answer. <laughs> like, right. that's awesome. You should do that group. Okay, and then I'll go to my own group yeah, okay. uh, somewhere else. So, I mean, that's that. Um, but to your point, I think there are all of those things, whether it's the one-on-one -on -one thing. I think there have been times where it's like, oh, that might be pushing a confidentiality thing. And so there just has to be the people that are, are, are shepherding. And it's a shepherding thing. Hey, let's be careful with that. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Nate, no. before we move on? Okay. Hey, brothers, I'm BJ. BJ. Uh, Northeast Arkansas in the house. Woo -woo. Um, so as I was just thinking about this, this is my first Samson retreat. Um, I'm absolutely just uh, beside myself with, with joy. My cup's full. 
I tried to talk myself out of it, but <clears throat> instead what I want to do is take this back to Arkansas, you know, mm -hmm. take this back to Northeast Arkansas, um, where it, Samson's not known or represented in the Northeast uh, of the state. Uh, there's a lot of recovery happening. Uh, our culture, um, the culture I'm a part of, is is authentic community. We see the value um, in you know confessional style communities and 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 you know small groups, of three to five men, you know, or, or gals, whether doing doing the work. Um, my my question is, as I bring this back to Northeast Arkansas, I know kind of the stigma is that you know Samson's. Uh, geared or tailored or focuses primarily on some form of sexual brokenness or sexual addiction. Um, my experience has been with the level of uh, addiction and brokenness um, that I've experienced is like, that's just one part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I need attention on all of it. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people in my community need that kind of care as well. As I bring Samson to Northeast Arkansas, what's what's the spin? I mean, are we welcoming, you know, multiple addictions, multiple levels of brokenness? Can I when when I cast the vision, am I clear to say, hey, we take? I mean, it's all brokenness. This is going to be you know represented. PJ, um, I'm glad you're bringing this up. This is important. You want to start? Yeah, uh, in the Samson Society. We do not segregate by sin, uh, nor do we think that uh, sexual addiction is fundamentally different from addictions of other kinds. I've gotten a lot of help from recovering alcoholics, recovering food addicts, recovering gamblers. <laughs> um, and so, so I, I often you know, make the statement that Samson Society is not a group for porn and sex addicts. Porn and sex addicts are welcome. We dominate currently uh, in the membership. Uh, don't, don't you wish, though, because the, the solution seems the same for all, but I wish our speakers this weekend would have mentioned that connection is yeah. important yeah. in this. Yeah. Uh, so those listening that weren't here, that was mentioned uh, a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I often say, you know, porn addiction, sex addiction is an advantage, but not a requirement for membership. Um, uh, uh, the nice thing about that, too, is th if that's how you present it, then it gives the guy who is struggling with sexual stuff, but whose wife is terrified that he'll be outed, all that kind of stuff, because there's so much stigma around it, it gives him some cover. So, but it's not just a marketing ploy, it's true. So we do have very active members in Samson who are making great progress in their recovery, whose primary issue isn't sexual. I will say, even for those guys, there is always a sexual component. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Run out of house pole? <laughs> <laughs> just, just so people know? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, let's no. not right now. Yeah, okay. I, I want to. <laughs> I, the reason I think this is so important that's being brought up yeah. is it can be, the, our vocabulary is important. I've, I've been in places where people are trying to explain Samson to whether it's a pastor, like, hey, we want to use a room. And it, it often kind of spins into whatever their issue is, and then it kind of closes it down for other people. Yeah, yeah. And one of the biggest things to me is you don't have to be an addict of any type to be a part of Samson, you want a place to be honest about, I'm, I'm struggling with uh, just life. It doesn't matter. I want a group of men I can be honest with. And I think that appeals to people 
who, A, don't yet, I want to say no, haven't yet come to admit, no, I have some specific things. <laughs> and they can just come yeah. for community, but it also opens it up to people struggling with alcohol, people yeah. struggling with anger. So, yeah, just be careful how you present it. And if you want to be vulnerable, say, this is the thing that I've been working through and learning. But keep the door open. Cool. Hey, guys, I'm Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe. From Northwest Arkansas again. Still from yeah. Northwest Arkansas. I have another um, comment or question. It's not to BJ's, but it's to Grady's um, concern. Mm -hmm. um, I've also got, I've got many addictions, and alcohol and drugs are, are, are a couple of them, um, along with sexual addiction, but um, most established um, Alcoholics Anonymous groups have a meeting like once a month or once a quarter that they call their group conscious meeting, where all the members who attend that meeting regularly are invited to come and give their input on how the meeting is run. And I was just wondering, does Samson have something like that? Uh, not yet. But maybe, maybe, I like the idea. Yeah, maybe they should. Yeah, I, I know you've attended 12-step recovery groups. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Have, you, you've, have you heard of that group oh, conscious thing? Certainly. Uh, yeah, the, and the group I was a part of, it wasn't a monthly thing, but it was a regular thing. We did it about every six months. Yeah, maybe once a quarter. Or, so, yeah. Joe, I've, I've been a part of groups that definitely make some little changes and alterations. Um, again, I, I would love it if groups that are doing that, like it's so great that they're being creative and figuring it out, uh, but some of the ideas they've had are things that we've tried in the past quite a bit and, and are just like, well, there can be some, some pushback on watch out for these things, which doesn't mean don't do it, um, but you don't have to muddle through it from step one. So I think it's great yeah. for individual groups to make that choice. And but then, then run it by you guys, maybe. Well, not run it by. But to just say, hey, do you have any stories about this? Do you have any insight? And that can even be sent to the podcast. Those, sure. are, the, those are the questions we used to answer quite a bit on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to get permission from us to do it, though. Please are don't. Are we clear on that? Please don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Scott. Well, thanks, boss. <laughs> that actually, actually took me a second. <laughs> Sorry, you have to go again, Scott. It's, I, there was a delay in my brain on that. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Scott. Scott. Hey, Scott. hey uh, Story Hour with Aaron this morning was pretty fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, pardon me, Story Hour with Aaron. This, no. <laughs> story Hour with Aaron this morning was pretty fantastic. Uh, I love Elijah and his story, and you, you brought a twist to it that uh, really, really kind of hit a different way. Um, and then, Nate, you said something earlier about being careful not to drift into shallow waters. So, um, for me, one of the issues that I had, uh, I, I, in conversation this weekend, I've heard a few guys talk about this archetype of a guy who joined Samson, ready to get after recovery, and kind of does exactly what you're talking about, kind of drifts, there's an excuse, there's a, a way to, to not do the work, because... Well, I'm, I'm getting better or whatever else, right? And so that was me. And then this summer I had a relapse and I realized I, I done fucked up, as they mm -hmm. say in the South. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for me, it's, it's gotten to a point, I spent a lot, uh, 20 years in the Army. And so discipline is a big word in the Army, right? I know how to do discipline. Um, and so the idea of being disciplined in my recovery 
has a new ring to it. And mm -hmm. so I've been pretty hardcore about, I'm sticking with my Silas. I'm going to make every call. I'm going to do all my check-ins without fail or as, as close to without fail as possible. I'm going to come to the meetings. I'm going to do this. And this is the schedule and this is it. But then I heard this morning, what if that becomes the shallow waters? What if that becomes the treadmill that is too easy to run on? Mm -hmm. Or Elijah's uh, element of, yeah, he's just kind of sitting there for a moment, taking in God's grace. And then God says, it's time for you to get up and move. Mm -hmm. How do we know when that time comes? So for me, how do I know it's the time to change my Silas, make that change with my Silas? Or as a Silas myself, how do I know it's time to change the conversation mm -hmm. or the angle that we're talking about? Mm -hmm. How do I know that I need to get out of the meeting I'm regularly going to and try a different meeting? How do I know these things? What are the cues that I should be listening for? Because I have not heard any loud voices in the distance telling me, get your ass up and move. Mm -hmm. So what is it? What, what, are the, what are the ways that you have heard that, what did you call it, the, the sound of sound. soft stillness? Soft stillness yeah. yeah. Take it, man. Oh. <laughs> it was your message. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, quick, quick organization of thoughts. One is the danger of... I'm looking for an either or. God, is this the right way or is that the right way? And I feel paralyzed with fear that one of them is going to be wrong. And if I pick the wrong one, I'm going to forever miss out on something and blah, blah, blah. Most of these choices, and I'm not talking about like, should I snort that line of cocaine or have an apple? Like, I'm not talking about those choices. So I hate extreme examples that ruin the rest. I just filtered some stuff. All right, uh, moving on to what I was saying. Most of these things are like, okay, it's okay if you stick with your Silas a little longer and maybe find out, okay, I'm miserable a little longer and maybe I should have changed. Okay, it's fine. You can still learn stuff on that path. You can learn stuff in the suffering, right? <laughs> Our conversation from the other night. Um, so just don't get trapped and terrified. And I completely reject the idea that if you make a wrong choice that you've like, that was your one door to go through, and then God's like, ha, huh, you picked the wrong one, never again. Like that, what kind of parent would that be if they treat their child like that? So no fear in this. Um, and then the other part is, I was once told, and it really ticked me off when I was asking a question like that, well, you can't turn a parked car. In other words, just, I think this might be the right direction, I don't know. Well, until you start moving, it's really hard to know which direction to turn. If I start moving the car, turning the car is easy. And usually, when I start going down a direction, I don't say, okay, I'm doing this. I say, I'm going to start doing this. And then I'm, I think it's going to be more clear, was this a good decision or a bad decision? And if it feels like a bad decision, I will turn back and go, okay, I'm going back that way. I'm going to call the same stylist back and say, you know what? You are the person I need to be with. And as long as I can have the flexibility to not think that God is in or out or demanding whatever, then I can say I, I can start moving without demanding some supernatural insight. Like, that's huge for me. And then I can chill. I can relax. There's a lot of stress in all of this that nobody's insisting on except the inner Pharisee in our heads. So that would be my first two things on a very complicated question that we could then 
Go on forever. Do we? Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's a big thing. It's really looking for the will of God, and how complicated we make it. Okay, we're in the we're in the will, but am I in the center of God's will? Let's keep making it harder and harder for us to ever feel comfortable that we're in God's will. It's just annoying. Hey, Daniel. Is, is the button pushed? <laughs> this is my first Samson retreat, and uh, the best way I could say this is like a rite of passage. You know, before coming to Samson, uh, coming to the retreat, you know, relationships within the church would be pretty shallow. Talks about the weather, talk about sports, how are you kids, how's your job, yada, yada, yada. And by coming to this, it has given me a complete paradigm shift on what I see Christian community is supposed to look like. Um, don't sugarcoat. If you're struggling with sin, just be flat out honest. You know, and people are using vulgar words, which was new to me because I'm, you know, we sugarcoat things in the Southern Baptist, you know. And anyway, so it's been refreeing, though, to kind of be the real me and be the raw me. And so the desire for connection has really brought a lot of healing in my heart. Um, overjoyed. That's probably the best way to describe it. Um, speaking of connection, though, for in regards to ladies and like the Samson Society, we're really, it seems like we're doing an amazing job with the men. And I know that Samson, uh, Sarah Society has taken off, but I feel like that I'm always having to grasp more information through the Samson guys about Sarah Society. And so I'm just kind of curious on how we're going to help with the women with their at level of connection in that demographic so they can get their healing and their hearts healed for just themselves, not, not just with us men too, but to have a more balanced approach on reaching out to them as well. I, I just talked to Aaron about this, so Go let ahead. me give you the quick answer. Um, Sarah Society is really for women who are, are walking through <laughs> betrayal trauma. Um, and so we have been talking recently about making sure that there are just standard meetings for women that are struggling with their own addiction. Maybe they are the betrayers. Not all women are the ones that had betrayal happen to them, uh, in fact, there's about half the people out there within that that were the betrayers. So those are coming up. And uh, so with that, there will be a clear line off of the website to all of that information and get people signed up. So it is coming. It is being talked about. It will be awesome in every way. Real quick, we got three people on that side left and two on this side. Is this true? Are you a question? Just one on this side. All right. So we're going to stick with this because I don't think we have more time than that. If you have any other questions, especially really hard one, Patrick will stay afterwards and answer everything. And, and, and he'll pull his grill out and just cook for you. It'll be great. All right. Here we go. Hello, gentlemen. I'm Henry. Hey, hey Henry. Henry. Hey. I have a Silas question. I've done mentoring on all kinds of levels in all kinds of ways, so I know how to mentor but I want to make sure I'm doing it in a way that's appropriate for, for this organization. I like the introductions and everything. And somewhere I thought I had read or seen some kind of, not even a checklist, but just like a document with things to kind of do to be a good Silas. And I can't find it again. So if anybody can help me find that, it would be really good. Because I've had a couple of, I have two Silees now. And with one of them at least, I could tell that his relationship with his Silas was on a it was a different thing because when he started talking about it, I'm thinking, I don't think that was the way it was supposed to run, but I'm not sure. So let's mm -hmm. try it this way. He seems a lot more amenable to what I was doing, but I also want to make sure that I'm not setting up something that makes him feel uncomfortable because of my structure. Mm 
mm-hmm. not because of the relationship. We have a good relationship. I want to make sure we're doing that. Uh, that's why I appreciate the fact that you're talking about training. Mm-hmm. I think training is is vital for all this kind of stuff. But it would be nice now to even just have like some really quick, easy to find. That's been my thing. Document about here are some good pointers on being a good Silas. All right. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer, Henry. I don't know where that is or what that is. Uh, we've had so many guys contribute such good material. I, but I w- will tell you, I'll put on a hunt for it. Do you, do you know what I think we should do, Henry? What's that? Nate did a little five-part walking series. It's called Walking Six. You guys know what it is. Uh, I think you should just have a bunch of guys throw in a lot of experiences because it's been 15 years of experiences and there could be some good ideas we don't know about. So Justin sends out a poll to everybody who's on Slack and meetings. We get a whole lot of ideas and then we just have like a five-part video that's here's all the stuff we know about it. Here are the things that you can do that'll help. Here's some other ideas and that it's structured in a way that anybody can just go right to that and watch those videos. That seems like the easiest answer to do that. I will tell you that for me, being a Silas is distinctly different from being a mentor, at least in the way mentorship is conventionally uh, understood. Uh, I I consider myself uh, an equal to all the guys I'm a Silas to. I gain at least as much from the relationship as they do. Um, I'm not there, I'm I'm there to be a sounding board and to offer you know, perspective and the benefit of my own experience, but I am also reliant on them. I lead with weakness. I set the bar by confessing. I get, uh, I, I want to con- let the guy that I'm walking with today know where my fight is today and not pretend that the fight is over. Uh, uh, I have followed kind of the mentorship model before where I try to be Yoda and I'm, you know, and I'm just there, the guy with all the answers, and that is toxic for me. It just leads to pretense. So, uh, but when you say equals, uh, you are not talking uh, co-silicing and being equals as a silas is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm throwing it out to you because co-silas would be okay. You tell me your stuff, I tell you my stuff, and we go yeah. back and forth. That's not what you're describing, but you are saying, I can be honest about... I can be honest about my stuff. Now, I, I'm there, if a guy comes to me and he's asking for guidance, he's asking for advice, certainly, I mean, I'm there to provide it. But in the context where it's appropriate for me to let him know where my weakness and failure is, I'm going to tell him. Mm-hmm. And by the way, th- uh, I think that makes it easier for guys to be brutally honest uh, with me about what's going on. Uh, it makes me less intimidating, uh, and uh, they don't feel like they have to impress me. One of the most important things that Nate's talking about is that anyone who's a Silas has to be ready to say, I don't have the answer to that, yeah. versus thinking, I think I read this somewhere in a book, so let me let me try to give you something that... I might not have the answer to. It's okay to just be there and listen and to say, I don't know, but let's go talk to somebody else. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, guys, I'm Mike. Hey, Mike. Mike. So th- this weekend has been great. My, my wife and I have been in um, broken, um, sexual brokenness recovery for about 20 years, and so we've learned a lot of these tools. And I brought some, I, I've learned some new tools this weekend that 
that scale going back and using that uh, is going to be neat. But I also found myself, my, my son is in Samson too. And so we, are, we go to a live meeting together in Virginia. And I also find myself, even going through weekends like this, that I, you know, I saw, I listened to Roan and, and Eva's story and I was like, gosh, that's, that's my son and his wife. Because they lived with us for seven months up until about a month ago. So I had a front row seat to see the crazy rhythm and all that. So part of me is cringing that I know so much and I've seen it live mm -hmm. and that my son reaches out to me. He even reached out to me yesterday morning while I was here. Hey, I, I, I had a crap of a night, need to chat. So I called him. So my question, you talk about Silas's I am so in the middle of a family system thing, and I love the fact that he and I have walked together for five years in the midst of his stuff, and, and I've gone through enough to where it doesn't freak me out for the most part, but it, does, it is triggering at times, too, to hear some of this stuff and be so close. So since I have a room full of guys, Samson guys, I'm wondering if there's other dads who are walking with their sons in the midst of this, because it would be really helpful to have one or two other guys that I'm talking with weekly and saying, hey, this is what I'm seeing today. This is how I'm feeling about what I'm hearing and that type of stuff. So that's what I wanted to toss out. Okay. So are you, are you, I just want to clarify, are you asking to try to get a group together that's like an online group for the future? You're curious in this room right now? I think what I'm looking for is help, yeah. <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like just yet. But that's kind of where I am. And so even when I'm sitting there, I'm going, okay, I just need to speak up because this is what I'm sensing this weekend. And I just, I need to get it out there just to yeah. let people know where I am. Oh, I, and I'm asking for help. Whatever I think along like. with this, the single stuff for the next one, there should be some parent stuff for the next one too. Because there was a lot, of, a lot of things even about this weekend. I'm like, I've got a lot of questions from my kids. <laughs> I'd love to hear Now, now you brought your son to a retreat a couple years. He's come to two retreats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, and he's a guy who calls and talks to dad about what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, these are great conversations. Yeah. And I, I love it. How old is your son, by the way? Now I'm just curious about a lot. Yeah, it's great. Um, can we, I am no Slack guru. Uh, Justin, is it possible to set up a, are they rooms? Channel. <laughs> set up a Slack channel a, for a that? A channel uh, that's like, uh, whatever you want the question to be, here's a thing. Slack guys, all check in and figure out what are you guys even asking about to kind of group think about or learn from each other. That might be the broadest way to find out what you need. Does, is there a better idea that comes to anyone's mind in this room? Well, how about the fact that... All you have to talk into a microphone. You don't have to. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Scott. Hey Scott. What if we pause for a second and recognize that if we have kids, they're probably going to be in the same addiction, dysfunctional vein that we came from, right? That was what the whole concert last night was about. Yeah. Yeah. So how about a Dads of Addicts channel, right? Where we can sit there and talk about this idea of I'm screwing my kids up. How do I unscrew them up? Yeah. Okay, let's pause on this. First, uh, we can make a whole list of dads who want to be a part of this that are in the room right now. Um, I don't know if we want to put all this on Justin, but there's people here now that can 
connect. But Slack is going to be the way to kind of decide. There's different veins. You just talked about kind of a whole different vein where that might need to be a whole other group that wants to talk about it. Um, versus uh, I just want the parent, how do I communicate with my kids and parent in this way? But all that can be figured out on Slack, I believe, not that I've ever been, but I have confidence in Slack and seems like a wonderful thing and good on you. So let's, let's just do that. Start it and then split it up into different veins and have fun slacking. All right, listeners, if you're, on, if you're a Samson member uh, and not on Slack, get on Slack and then... By the time you hear this, uh, something will have gotten rolling. All right. Got Guys, I'm, yeah. I'm Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. A real quick uh, comment, or rather question, comment, and question. Uh, first question is, um, it's my understanding that Marco Polo groups uh, that, that, that crystallized, what, a couple years ago in a conversation that, Nate, you were involved with with Ron Williams and Ben Prins. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. My comment is I've been involved in Marco Polo for a year now alongside of my Samson walk, and it's been amazing. Mm -hmm. And I want, uh, I just wanted the guys to know that. It's, uh, it's a great way to get in tune with your feelings, and, you know, le it leads to, a f to the Fanos check ins as well down the road for me, I, I hope. Um, the, the question is, at some point, do you see a more uh, public support process of Marco in merging into Samson? Yeah, boy, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, so you guys familiar with the Marco Polo app? It allows you to, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think we just, I think these tools will come and go. Mark and Polo seems to have some staying power, so I think it's going to be around. Uh, and for some guys, Marco Polo works great. Uh, for other guys, it doesn't. Uh, for me, I'm not, I'm not a Marco Polo guy. But uh, I think that as much as we can present front and center a good array of tools for guys to use so that no matter what their personality is, uh, what their work schedule is, what their time, you know, how they best communicate, there's going to be a tool that they can use to connect. Dave, before you, before you go on, did you have something specific in mind? I don't know enough about that. So did you have something? Yeah. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm Dan. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Um, Mike Moore was talking about it. We had uh, one of the breakout sessions yesterday is about how to support Samson and continue its growth and health. And he was talking about the new, the new app that's coming. And one of the features in that will be video messaging, from my understanding. Oh, and so that's, cool. That's getting baked in. So help volunteer support Mike Moore and the tech team in rolling the new tools out. So if you like that, please volunteer your time. He needs some like lab rats to do some testing and do some help with that. So please support Mike Moore. Reach out to him, support at Samson House, and just help out that way because the tools can come, but they will come faster the more volunteers we have to support them. Thanks, guys. All right. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. All right, we got one more question, I believe. Is this true? Nope, that's it. So... Wrap something up and make it sound smooth and transitional. <laughs> well, it has been a weekend to remember. 
I look back over the long series of uh, annual retreats that we've had at Samson Society, and I can say with all sincerity, it seems like they get better every year. And to me, uh, this just, I love this one, and I can't wait to see what happens next year. I love you guys. I'm, I, every year, I come excited, but I kind of forget why I'm excited. And then just hearing your stories every year, there's just always this, this wealth of gold to mine and <laughs> carry home with me. So good. Yeah. So thank you guys for sharing in the in-between times and sitting on bricks and rocking chairs and things. It means oh. a lot to me. Well, Aaron, I guess that wraps it up for this episode. Yeah, it seems of, about that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Aaron. And I'm Aaron. We are your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Arrgh! <laughs> All right. Good job, you guys. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com.